In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland, or shall I say, good morning, Nashville. I'm here with Sinner Fathers, Michael. How are you, sir? I'm here. Michael Kuhn is here, sitting in Nashville. Not nearly as late as it is for you, Paul. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Mate, it's an absolute pleasure. Um, how long have you been going with your podcast now? It's hard to believe. We kind of started it on a whim this time a few seasons ago. So this is entering our third season uh, with the Sin of Our Fathers podcast, me and my two brothers. Yeah, it feels like it's been a couple of years. And I must say, my favorite one of the team is your grandfather. Um, and I have to say, he's really the whole reason we decided to do the podcast, if we're being honest. Like, we're only so interesting, my brothers and I. I'm the oldest of the three. But when we realized that we could give him a call and share his ridiculous takes on the Browns and everything else happening in his life with the entire world, that kind of sealed the deal. And we felt like we had to do it. We were, we were obligated at that point. And it's been a, it's been a treat. And give a shout out for the rest of your uh, co-hosts. Yeah, so it's me and my brothers. I'm the oldest, uh, Michael, and then Matthew and Mark. We, yeah, all three start with M's. It's kind of crazy. Um, we were born and raised in Ohio um, to a dad that's from Cleveland. I grew up in a Bernie Kosar jersey, as we all did. Our bedroom was decorated Cleveland Browns. And really, we remember those early years of our lives with the Bernie Kosar and Bill Belichick as the head coach. But it wasn't really till the team came back in 99 that any of us um, really started following the Browns routinely. I mean, that was the first time we got direct TV at our house was just so we could have Sunday ticket to watch the Browns in 1999. None of us have missed a snap since. And it's, you know, we, we were kind of just born into it. Hence the name, Sin of Our Fathers. And uh, the period when they moved to uh, Baltimore, boo. But that yeah. period did, um, yeah, do you remember a lot about it or? Uh... I remember a ton about it. I remember like Art Modell's name being cursed within our household. I didn't really understand the business aspect of it at the time. I was too little, but um, oh my goodness, they were dark football years um, where I didn't have a team to follow on Sundays. You know, the Jaguars were kind of noose and they kind of ran out the gate fairly well. And so I latched onto that for a little bit, but it was 100 hundred percent orange and brown by the time Tim Couch and the crew rolled out in 99. How old were you in 99 then? 10 or 11. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, you, you remembered the Browns um, uh, before the actual move. So um, yeah, you've been in what, seven, six, seven years old. Yeah. Something like that. Did you ever go to the old stadium? Uh, no, I did not. We lived in Cincinnati. I remember going there. Whenever my and my dad went to the last game, actually in 1995, um, in the old stadium, but I never made it. Yeah, okay. And, and uh, where's your dad these days? He's here in Nashville. We all live in Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah, because 
when I used to listen to the podcast, uh, one of you was down in Florida, right? I used to live there. Yeah, I used to work in golf and worked down there in Jacksonville, but made it back up to Nashville, and we get to record the podcast all in the same same spot these days. It's great. Excellent. And uh, yourself and uh, surviving the season, it's so difficult to work out who's who as a listener. <laughs> it all kind of molds into one. So uh, there, there's some feedback for you. It's, it's, not a, it's not a criticism at all, but um, yeah, I never know who I'm listening to, but um, it's all great fun. And uh, uh, to be considered, to be considered in the same realm with um, Adam and Greg is um, a great compliment. We love those guys, so um, I appreciate that. Yeah, excellent. And mate, you did some uh, great um, PR down in Senior Bowl. All of you dressed as uh, John Dorsey's. Yeah. So one thing we'd always wanted to do was um, go to the Senior Bowl. We're, I mean, we're Browns fans, so the draft is like our Super Bowl every year. And we're within driving distance to Mobile here in Nashville. So since we had the podcast, we figured, what the heck, let's just go down there. Um, what's it going to hurt? Um, and we get down and we we're making our plans and we thought, we're just going to be like these nobodies. There's going to be a bunch of scouts and like NFL personnel people. And they let anybody in, but like, let's make this fun. Let's drift up like John Dorsey. And so we did. We ordered ourselves a few sweatshirts, had them custom made, got the right hat, and off we were. It's really not that hard, uh, but it got picked up all over the place. And um, Charles Davis has been on our podcast a few times, and uh, he was actually calling the Senior Bowl for NFL Network, and he gave us a nice shout out on the telecast, and it was a blast. We ran into Siciliano in town, and a bunch of the scouts just got the biggest hoot out of it. It was awesome. The people that like know Dorsey thought it was the best thing in the world. It was, it was awesome. Yeah, mate, it was absolutely awesome. And uh, I'm hoping that maybe next year I'll, uh, or one year I will get out to the senior bowl, the super bowl, the pro bowl, all of that type kind of era and uh, maybe make a couple of weeks of it. That'd be great. Are you going to be, so the three of us are going to Cleveland for the week three game against the Rams. Are you going to be up there for that week by any chance? Mate, I think it's the best game of the season, and I don't think I am. I'm, what? I, I, I'm going Titans and the Jets, and this is the biggest joke ever. I've got a, a conference in Detroit in between the Rams and the Ravens game, and I'm just trying to make it work. But financially, I just don't think I can make it work. Well, I don't want to push you too hard on that front, but um, it would it'd be great to catch up with you uh, in Cleveland. There, there's no better place to watch a football game. Mate, I think um, the Rams game is going to be the most exciting game of the season. That's why we picked it. Yeah, yeah. But, mate, I am coming out to three games this year, which will be um, Titans, Bills, and Steelers. So I'm staying up for the Bills and Steelers, staying for the week. And uh, But next year... I think I've done some um, research and the Tennessee Titans, we're playing them next year away. We sh we... That sounds right. Yeah, we should be matching up against that whole division next year and we're playing them in Cleveland this year. So you would think it would be here in Nashville. That'd yeah, be great. The games I've looked at next year that I've already penciled in in my head are um, Houston, um, Kansas Kansas Chiefs, I think it is, and um, yeah, sorry, my American geography, I'm improving all the time. And then Nashville. Yeah, Nashville, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And so that's where we're at. You've got to, like, you could stay at one of our houses if you wanted to, whenever you're like, here. Picking one of the M's is going to be a very difficult choice. So um, <laughs> you're going to have to do like some sort of uh, 30 second uh, uh, preview of each accommodation and I'll, I'll pick the winner. Yeah, no, we'll put you at Matthew's place. He just bought a new house that's going to be much closer to downtown than anywhere else. So that's kind of an easy choice. Yeah, excellent. And um, uh, yeah, the things I was going to ask you, what, what's your predictions for the season? What do you reckon it's going to be? All right. So, you know, Doug Maurice is all hot and heavy on his 12 and four prediction. He's staying firm on that. I think that's a little too optimistic where I'm standing. We're going to have a good season. The ultimate goal should be making the playoffs. And if we make the playoffs, you got to be at least 10 and six. And so 10 and six is the number that I'm striving for. When our schedule first came out I thought it was pretty simple and the closer and closer we get to the season I'm looking at that thing and it looks harder and harder by the day and so I think as Browns fans we should be thrilled with a 10 and 6 season and making the playoffs and rolling from there once you make the playoffs anything can happen so um, that's what I'm hoping for yeah I'm gonna go with um, uh, 10 and 6 as well I've been saying it all along I think that's a real nice safe place I think our coaches are new. There's a lot of gelling that's got to happen. And um, how would you feel, mate, if we got eight and eight? Oh, I'd be pretty pissed. I mean, that's basically a wash from the previous season. We upgraded the talent so significantly. The coaching is on a whole nother level. I mean, Hugh Jackson like actively made us worse. And then you just saw the upgrades whenever we had even Greg Williams running the show for the second half. So I think the talent we brought on just from the coaching standpoint should elevate us above where we were last year and seven, eight and one's essentially eight and eight. So that would be a huge disappointment to step backwards um, in my mind. And then you even look at on the field with the OBJ and the Olivier Vernon and Sheldon Richardson and greedy Williams, like the depth we have on our team now is at a level that we haven't experienced in the modern era of the Browns. And so Eight and eight would be a huge disappointment. I think 10 and six is a very realistic number. I could see us shooting over that, and I could see us going down to the eight and eight, but I expect it to be a, a winning record at the very least. Nine and seven is almost the, the bottom of the barrel in my, in my view. And you think we can get, by the way, mate, we talk about kickers and punters on this podcast, and you think oh. we can get 10 and six <laughs> with our kickers? <sighs> I'm not so sure. And everybody's been saying this in the last couple of weeks. I'm not so sure the kicker for the 2019 Cleveland Browns is currently on the roster. Um, I don't know who that's going to be, but I wouldn't feel great about either one right now. And I, oh, it's just an ugly situation. I wish we hadn't thrown away a fifth round draft pick because I don't see Austin Seibert making the team as it stands right now. It's just kind of an ugly, ugly deal. I think we're going to be looking at cuts over the next few weeks and we're going to see a guy making his first ever kick for the Browns in week one uh, probably haven't never played a preseason game. Mate, it's a big call, but it could be a very real realistic call. Did you see the, um, let's get this right, the Ravens backup kicker get traded to the Vikings? Didn't they give up like a fifth round pick for him too? A fifth round pick, that's right, yeah. So um, I think in, mate, in his preseason game, he's Norwegian and he scored like a 55-yard field kick and he scored all the rest of his kicks. I mean, and they're, they're gonna, not going to ever, they weren't ever going to trade him to the Browns anyway. So I, I, we probably shouldn't get all butthurt about it, but it's, uh, you know, 
it's hard to find a good kicker, and Lord knows the Ravens have one already, so they don't need another guy sitting around on the bench. Good for them for getting a fifth-round pick. That kind of sucks for a division rival to squeeze that much value out of a just a backup kicker. Yeah, well, look, here's a, here's a new little game we can play, especially being here in London. Let's call it let's put Jack Duffin under a double-decker English bus. And <laughs> for, for this game... I want you to comment on Jack's most outrageous claim either on Twitter or on the podcast. I don't know if this is on Twitter, if it was on your guys' podcast, but I have heard him multiple times when discussing the cap and the proper allocation, entertaining the idea of moving on from Baker Mayfield at the end of his rookie contract which is the most asinine thing I have ever heard in my entire life. If there, there are times to think logically and let the numbers make decisions for managing your football team, and there are times to be very rational and reasonable and street smart and know that you cannot find a human being like Baker Mayfield to quarterback your NFL football team in any given draft. When you have a player of that caliber you pay him what he needs to be paid and you make sure that you never let go of him the rest can be taken care of from a very logical cap driven perspective where you don't let the emotions get the best of you but you absolutely have to have that quarterback figured out and to even think of not paying baker mayfield north of 35 million dollars a year after this rookie contract is ludicrous to me um i get where he's coming from but it's still very wrong. Okay, mate. I'll, uh, I'll. Uh, he'll listen to the show anyway, and uh, he'll he'll enjoy that, and uh, he'll probably come on your podcast and tell you why you're wrong. And uh, but let's look at this anyway. Dak Prescott. What do you What do you think about that? What do you think about him saying that Baker Mayfield could potentially uh, be worth just getting rid of because it would save us so much from a cap perspective? No, I totally disagree with it. And um, my view is. I understand his point and I understand where he's coming from. But as we say in soccer, you can only put 11 players on a pitch at the same time. So there's no point of having the biggest squad in the world. It's about having them 11 players on the, uh, on the football pitch. So taking that philosophy um, over into American football, you, there's no other sports in the world where the quarterback is so kingpin. And yeah, to have a player that loves Cleveland, hope he does in four years' time when he's getting his contract renewed, we can build anything around him. For me, as long as he's not stupid, and I really, really hope he takes the, um, um, what's he called? Um, I forgot his name. Uh, Tom Brady approach and drop his salary yeah. as many way, um, weapons around him. But yeah, I, I personally think that... Um, whatever he says we should pay with him reason yeah i think so too and one of the things that makes me take that strong of a stance uh, on this one is the intangible aspects of baker mayfield the leadership and the just taking the bull by the horns and being in charge of this football team you don't get that easily you might be able to pick a player that can replicate the stats but you you're probably going to get a player that is you know 70% of what Baker Mayfield brings to that locker room and to the city of Cleveland. And you just are never going to be able 
to replicate who Baker is. Um, and on your point about taking a Tom Brady type hometown discount, I honestly think that our two most important players, which are right now in my mind, Baker Mayfield and Miles Garrett, I think both of those guys are really reasonable human beings that are not going to be ridiculous about holding out when the time comes. They're going to want maximum dollar and to get their value. I don't think any of them is going to give a hometown discount like Tom Brady does, but I don't think we're going to have any sort of holdout concerns or anything of that nature. I think both of them are both very loyal in the way they're dealings. And that's going to really benefit the Browns um, in the next couple of seasons as we enter into some of those negotiations. I'm, I'm happy and very comfortable knowing that I think we're going to be able to hold on to both of those guys for a long time. Do you think Baker Mayfield's going to get 40 million? I think it's going to be between 35 and 40. Yeah. Dak Prescott's not going to get 40 million, which is apparently what he's asking for. But um, I think Baker, because Baker's deal is going to come at a weird time in the new CBA. If the new CBA is going to factor into it more than anything, because the amount of dollars that are going to be allocated towards the players could very well change where they get a larger percentage. And that just kind of grows the whole pie. And so if the whole pie grows and Baker's one of those first deals that comes in, which is going to work out timing wise for when his deal is up. So if I'm his agent, I wait till after that CBA is in place and then I do the deal because the pie is not going to shrink. It's only going to go up. Let's wait and see how much it goes up if I'm his agent. And then we get a top of the market deal, which he's going to be worth. And by that point, Patrick Mahomes will have already signed a deal. And so Baker's probably going to get a little bit more than Mahomes. And it's going to be darn near $40 million if I had to guess. We could be even looking at 50 million with this new. No, 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 no. I don't think it's going to be that crazy. It's possible, but the owners aren't going to give up that big of a chunk where it's going to trickle down that much to have a million dollar difference for one player, I don't think. But um, it should make a significant jump. Say that again. What percentage do you think the pot's going to get bigger? Well, right now it's right around um, 50 50. I mean, a one percentage point jump is huge for the the players. And so percent at the most. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So yeah. So 30 mil going to 33 is not ridiculous, but 50 mil is just far too big. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Um, All right. And uh, the Browns on the way to the Colts at the moment, they're all getting on their first away game. All get on the, on the plane at the moment. Exciting times. Yeah, it's going to be a fun week. I'm excited to see how this um, week of practice turns out. They're going to have a handful of joint practices and then culminating in the game on Saturday. Um, No Andrew Luck, which is a little bit of a bummer. Uh, But you play against the same guys in training camp all the time, week in and week out, playing against the other side of the ball on your own team. I would imagine as a player, it's got to be great to go up against another team day in and day out and see how you're really measuring up. I'm particularly interested – to see what our defensive line looks like against that really stout Indianapolis Colts front offensive line. Um, that might be the best offensive line in the league. It's probably either them or Dallas. Um, and I like that defensive front four that we're rolling out this year. And um, it's going to be fun to see and just have a little bit of a measuring stick after this week. Yeah. Are we going to see a lot of it as, a, as Browns fans? I mean, 
it's a matter of how much those guys are practicing. I mean, we've seen Olivier Vernon and Sheldon Richardson held out of a lot of practices here in the last week or two. So if they're practicing, we're going to see a lot of them on the field and we'll see all kinds of video clips and stuff against, of them practicing against each other in the game on Saturday. I would expect it just to be one, maybe two series at the most. Uh, but in practice, you would think we'll see all kinds of, all kinds of clips. Yeah. I know that a lot, not a lot of the media Browns guys are going out to Colts um, for it. So uh, I wonder how much media coverage we're actually going to see. Uh, Denzel Ward versus uh, T.Y. Uh, Hilton's going to be interesting. Oh, yeah. No, that'll be good. Um, unfortunately, like Paris Campbell, who's an Ohio State guy that all the Browns fans are going to love to see in a Colts uniform, he's dinged up. It doesn't look like he's going to be practicing. Uh, but T.Y. is probably a top 15 NFL receiver. So, honestly, it's nothing the Browns haven't – defensive backs haven't seen in practice with – Odell Beckham, um, but it'll be nice to have a, another guy to go against. And will you be watching the game on Saturday? No doubt about it. I don't miss a game. Don't miss a snap. <laughs> Watch them three times each week. Yeah, we've got, I've got the mighty Jack Duffin coming around to my house. I'm going to cook him some ribs, and we're going to sit and watch it in uh, harmony together. There you go. What time of night do those games play for you? Is it just like at like 1 o'clock in the morning or something when they kick off? Yeah, so um, your one o'clock Sunday classic game will be six o'clock here in England, and then it gets a bit more tough, tougher after that than the um, the um, an evening game where it's uh, it's basically starts at one. So an eight o'clock kickoff for you will be one o'clock here in England, and that that means it finishes four four thirty in the morning. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, I, I think I'd be watching those on tape delay if I was you, but um, you're more dedicated than me, apparently. No, mate, mate it, it, you would say that now, okay? But the problem is when you know things are happening in real life and you could be awake to watch it, you stay awake. That's probably true. I, I can't imagine not watching a Browns game live as I say that. So um, imagine, imagine waking up looking at Twitter to find out what the Brown score was, you know, you've, you've got to watch and experience it. And uh, yeah, I can't help myself. Um, ask Jack. I normally fall asleep during the game, and watch it <laughs> the game. but at least I attempt to uh, watch it. That's great. Well, you got to get Jack over here for that Nashville game next year. And we'll show you all both a good time. Mate from Nashville. I want to go in. It's Kentucky near Nashville, isn't it? Yeah. It's only about an hour and a half North, uh, to get into Kentucky. Depends on where you want to go. I want to go to Jack Daniels and Buffalo Trace, the two whiskey places. Yeah, Jack Daniels is actually in Tennessee. Okay. Um, and so it's actually very close to Nashville. And then you can get to Buffalo Trace within a couple hours. Mate, that's it, mate. And uh, how was the draft for you uh, last year? Were you around? I was around. I actually did some work with – do you follow the Draft Network at all? Do you go online and check them out at all during yeah. the – yeah, so I did some work with them um, and so was involved with what they were doing on site. And it was awesome having the whole draft around here. And it was a, it was a blast. I mean, Nashville showed out for that, that event and it was a big old football-themed party. Are you going to go to uh, Vegas next year for the draft? 
I don't have plans as of now, but I would love to. There's very few things I like more than uh, Cleveland Browns, the NFL draft, and gambling. So um, it's kind of the right formula for for me. For for me, it's pool parties, uh, NFL, Cleveland Browns, happy days. So uh, my hardest to uh, go out for that. That's awesome. Well, uh, hopefully we, we can we can share a hotel room that we don't use. <laughs> yeah, a really expensive one in a five-star hotel <laughs> like like you always do when you go to vegas but, but michael thank you so much for your time this evening mate you're doing some great things on uh, instagram as well do you want to tell everyone where everyone can find your details yeah i appreciate that so if you want to listen to our podcast if you have had enough of paul and jack uh check us out it's sin of our fathers we're on itunes all the places you can find podcasts um, check us out on Twitter and Instagram. Mark is the responsible for Instagram. He is crushing it over there. Shouts to him. And both of those handles on Twitter and Instagram are at sin of our fathers. Um, we'd love to have you over there and give us a shout. Excellent. And I just want to say a massive apologies. Not, well, I'm not really apologizing, but I decided to put a post up about the 2020 draft. Please don't shoot me down. There's nothing going on in the Browns world today. It was just an idea to look at, you know, who should we draft, what position first. Michael, last question. What position do you think we need in the 2020 draft uh, next year for the Browns? Right this second. I'm right there with everybody else that gave an answer on that poll, and it's offensive line, no doubt. Yeah, okay. Good, good, good. And uh, outside or inside? Um, Doesn't matter. Best offensive lineman available. All right, excellent. Michael, have a great evening. Thank you very much for your time. All right. Thanks, Paul. Take care, buddy. Look forward to meeting you face to face. All right. Same here. Cheers, mate. Thanks, buddy, mate. Yeah, that was fun. Happy to do it. Uh, if you get in a pinch and need help anytime, just give me a buzz. All right, buddy, mate. Thanks a lot, mate. And uh, we'll keep in contact and uh, definitely let me know when I'm out there. All right. Excited for it. Thanks, Paul. See you.